Broadcasting live around the globe from San Antonio, deep in the heart of Texas, this is Paranormal Analytical. I'm your host, Eddie Hill, and I will be presenting reports and evidence of some of the most astonishing paranormal claims. I'm joined by my co-host, Renee Rodriguez, and our director and producer, Miguel Cantu, who'll be monitoring the chat room and phone line. We have a fantastic show for you tonight that will open your minds to the infinite possibilities to explain our universe. Get comfortable and prepare yourself for the best paranormal show in the world. This is Paranormal Analytical. Welcome, everybody. My name is Eddie Hill, and welcome to Paranormal Analytical. We are coming to you tonight with a great guest. But first of all, I need to introduce to you my co-host. I've got uh, Renee Rodriguez. Say hi, Renee. Howdy, y'all. The man of many words. Once again, he always has so much to say. And then sitting next to my left over here at the studio, we have our director and producer, Miguel Cantu. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight. we got a great show lined up, and Eddie... He does a great job as usual, so keep tuning in every, what is it, Friday, midnight, East yeah, Coast. East, that's Eastern time, Eastern though. time. Yeah. We're Central right now. Yeah, we're, we're Central in time, Antonio, 11 o'clock. Yeah, so thank you for tuning in, everybody. Absolutely. Well, just to let you know, we've got a fantastic guest with us tonight, and uh, he's been on our show once before, uh, and he's just a great guy. We, we love him to death. He uh, travels around to different haunted locations on motorcycles, but... What I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce to you a little bit about him. First, I'll let you know something about him. That way, when we get started, you can sit there and go, hey, Dean, what's up? And his name's Dean Nelson. He grew up in Amish country. He used to be a wrestler, football player. He was also a submariner on the USS Scamp, interior communications factory worker in the photography industry for 25 years. He's been married for 37 years with seven kids and has been a wrestling coach for 30 years, and ha- including three state champ- championship sons that have been out there. So they're doing great. So you, got, you guys keep working hard. You're doing wonderful. We're proud of you. And uh, he's also rode motorcycles since he was 12 years old. I mean, he's been riding for a long time. I thought I rode bikes for a long time, but he's been riding a long time. Okay. And here's the cool part. This is the part that I love the most. He did not have a car 
until the first week he got married. And I guess he figured he better because I don't think the the wifey was going to like riding on the back of the bike constantly during snow, sleet, ice, and all that kind of happy stuff. So we love that right there. So that was pretty cool. He's also a rescue rider for the homeless. And he's been doing that for quite a long time. And he has been basically going out. He finds a homeless. He helps them out. He brings them food, brings them uh, water, different things like that. Tries to do the best he can to try and help out the ones that are in need. So uh, if you all would, you know, please like his page and, and uh, find him on Facebook. And, uh, you know, give him a hand with anything that he may need because he's always needing some help to, to take care of these people that are, that are really out there, you know, struggling. And a lot of vets are out there as well. Uh, he's also known as the biker guru, but we call him the haunted biker guru because he likes to travel to some of the most haunted places on his motorcycle by himself, spend the night, and chase ghosts and demons. And we're going to hear some of those stories tonight. And his main thing is that he loves riding around, spreading kindness to the homeless, and uh, making people aware that these people are out there and that are there in need. Uh, Dean? We want to welcome you to the show, man. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, it's great to be here again, man. It's good to you see know, you that, again. That's a long list of accomplishments you have, but I want to tell you thank you so much for serving because uh, you were in the U.S. Navy, and uh, I appreciate that. I also spent uh, eight years in the reserves, so I know what that's like, man, and, and you know, your help and, and the dedication that you've done, not only to God and country, but also to the homeless, man. That goes a long way, and we appreciate it. Thank you. So I want to start off by letting you kind of get into the groove and start talking a little bit about what you do in reference to the paranormal when you go out and you start dealing with these locations that people tell you that are haunted and then you go to them and you stay the night and uh, you go live on there and, and you talk to some of your, uh, your followers that you have. Tell us about all those things. Well, it started by accident, actually. Uh, I, I would do these long rides cross-country, and uh, I promote the concept of traveling across America in in more or less the easy rider lifestyle like the movie, where they just pulled over and camped along the road, you know, um, if you ever watch that movie. Um, and I promote and I teach people how to find free places no matter where they're at, finding free, safe places to pull over, camp for the night, and um, basically travel across the country on $10 a day, not counting gas, okay? And um, one day, one of my followers, when I was doing a uh, Facebook Live from one of my campsites, said, hey, Dean, you ought to stay at a, um, you know, a ghost town for the night. And... I said, you know, that's a great idea. And it all started on a dare. Um, a guy said, well, let me find the most haunted, what's supposed to be the most haunted place in your area. And at the time, I was in Nebraska traveling across to Colorado. And um, he pulled up a place called Spring Ranch, which was supposed to be one of the most haunted places in the Midwest. Um, very isolated town along the Oregon Trail miles and miles away from any other people or existing city. I mean, the most isolated little place that had been completely wiped off the mat, map in the end by a tornado. That's how the town finally came to its final doom. But its history was terrifying. Um, and that's that's how it started. I, uh, I said, okay, I'll take your dare. 
and I drove uh, through Nebraska, got to the nearest town, and I went and I bought me a six-pack of Moosehead um, and uh, got some basic stuff from my, my, my campfire that night. And the uh, store owner says, wow, you know, it's unusual seeing a guy like you come through here. You know, where are you going? I said, well, on a dare, I'm staying at a ghost town, I guess. It's about 30 miles from here. And he said, where's that? I said, Spring Ranch. He goes, oh, no, you're not doing that. And I said, uh, yeah. I said, you know something about the place? He said, sir, you, you don't want to do this. He goes, not even the locals, nobody. There are one disaster story after another from people going there. Do not go there. It's a bad idea. And I'm like, wow, man, this is something else. Here I am, you know, just getting my stuff. And a store clerk's trying to talk me out of it, you know. So the goosebumps started. But that's how it started, you know. Um, and uh, from there, uh, I, you know, I, I traveled along one of them classic Nebraska roads where there's nothing but cornfield. And I'm thinking, does this place even exist? Uh, my, my little guide marker said, look for a metal sign historical marker along this old highway you know that no one wrote on i don't even remember the highway number but uh finally i find this little sign and there's this little gravel road and it said spring ranch you know six miles down this gravel road and i'm on a harley totally loaded up with tents and camping gear you know stuff a month worth of stuff my clothes everything and uh it's a big harley ultra classic yeah and uh, you load up with that thing because i mean i have seen that bike loaded to the hilt yeah it's loaded when i do my national coast to coast trips basically fill you in on that trip i I do two a year ten thousand mile trips coast to coast 30 to 35 days no hotels no restaurants all camping out in national parks, state parks, public hunting lands, under a bridge along a highway, um, uh, and um, so I'm, I'm making my own food each night. I'm camping out by myself each night, and I tell you what, it's a wonderful way to see America. By the way, um, but uh, I now do about two haunted stayovers per trip, so. I've got to meet, find a lot of cool places across the country that are haunted. And the whole challenge is to go somewhere, face your fears, be in the scariest, most isolated, lonesome place all by yourself, and to experience and and really face your darkest fears um, and get through the night and live to tell about it. And that's that's the adventure. And... uh, so I got to ask, when you first started all this, I mean, was it something that, uh, that you know, when you first camped out and you were by yourself, I mean, did you feel like, you know, this may have not been such a good idea? I mean, did, was it spooky to you or was it something that you were kind of, well, I don't really quite believe in this stuff, so it doesn't really bother me right now. And then it wasn't until later that you started, you know, having a, a better understanding of the paranormal. You know. I've always been a very spiritual person with a strong personal faith in God. And I've always said, if you believe in the goodness of God, you've also got to believe in what God says about the dark side. And God himself is the biggest endorser of demons and evil spirits and, and you know, the dark 
side of uh, the spiritual world. You can't believe in one without believing in the other. Well, right. you know, when you do these trips, when I when I did this spring ranch one, my first one, uh, it was terrifying. Uh, once I got back there, now I'm a guy who is a woodsman. I've stayed out in the darkest, scariest places that aren't haunted. You know, I'm a swamps. I've done it all. And I always like going and camping in very isolated places by myself. It's my sanity of 39 years of marriage and seven kids. Uh, you know, my kids can't find me and no one can reach me on a phone usually where I'm at. So, um, so you know, the idea of camping out by myself in itself, you know, is it didn't cause any fear. Uh, but when you added the spiritual factor and the, para, the paranormal factor... Um, I think my original thought was to show people there's nothing to be afraid of if you have a strong faith, you know. But when I left that first experience, you know, I'll jump to the very end of it and then we'll go back. But at the very end of it, then I was like, I will never let any friend of mine, any family member of mine, any biker friend of mine, even in a group, ever go to Spring Ranch and totally – changed my my out view for good on on um the reality the reality of uh the paranormal and the evil side of paranormal so that's so. the first time that all of this caught your attention when you at, at spring ranch that you you stayed there and you had these crazy things happen to you that you didn't expect and it more or less brought you to the reality of how real these things are correct i uh, you know my whole purpose if you follow my biker guru or my personal page, biker page is to make people feel safe to to be a pragmatic to show people that there's nothing to fear except our own fears and um to show you know that nature is a wonderful place to be um and after that after that experience at Spring Ranch, that that radically changed for me. Um, you know, I've had other scary experiences. I told you one about one a couple weeks ago. Uh, I told you about my experience with the tree knocking and what I felt was either a Bigfoot experience or whatever at New River in West Virginia Mountains when I was by myself. But that's a different story you know what i mean that that story um wasn't a ghost experience that was unplanned this was a planned you know ghost experience um that um i didn't expect you know i expect to be making fun of spring ranch you know what i mean i was look guys see i'm here you know this this is nothing to be afraid of this is all in your head and boy did I get surprised? Did I have that shattered that night? Now, Renee, I know you've been dying to talk with Dean about some more of this stuff because the last time that we spoke to him, I know you were just all about everything that was happening, and you you were really wanting it's, to get get with him and talk to him well, some more. I'm going to give you this opportunity. I'm going to give you this opportunity to to get into some of the detail with Dean and talk to him about what it was that you were you were wanting to know. Well, uh, you know, it's 
the story about Spring Ranch? I know I, I bring it up since last time, but man, it's. I told you last time I was just stuck at the edge of my seat. Just can't wait to hear some more and hear some more. I love that story. And uh, I, I still want, I know you say you don't want anybody going back over there, but that's that's something I really want to go do. Let's go stay out there. I, I mean, I don't want to get attacked. I do not want to be attacked what you were attacked with uh, by. But, man, it's it's so, what you told us was so much of a hot spot, so much energy in that place. I would love to go back there and see all the and maybe figure out what's going on out there. Okay, Renee, um, we're we're losing signal with you, buddy. I think you're starting to turn all Darth Vader on us. Uh, okay, well, I think Renee's got some technical difficulties going on, so we're gonna. He's got a frozen screen, so we're gonna let him uh, try and uh, get his audio back up and going. But I'll tell you what, Dean. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that spooky night? Let's get into details about that. All right, let me let me start then. So I leave, you know, the gas station after being, you know, informed by the uh, worker there what a terrifying place this was and how the locals really were scared of the place and to even tried to talk me out of it. And so as I got on my bike, you know, I, I was already getting this dark, scary feeling as I'm driving down the highway to find this sign. You know, I'm, I'm, it's getting late. Uh, I'm thinking, boy, you know, what's this place going to be like? You know, am I going to find a good place to camp out? You know, I, I had no idea what to visualize or what this place was going to be laid out like. It was an entire little town, you know. So I'm going down and I start going down the dirt road. Okay. And here, for my motorcyclist friends out there, if you've ever rode a heavy dresser in, like, gravel that's, like, that deep and loose, whoops. Right, I got you. I, okay. Um, your bike is just sinking. You have no control of it. And so I literally had to go about two mile an hour with both my feet down for the whole four to five miles. So it took me 40 minutes just to go a couple miles on this old unkept dirt road and you were loaded out with that bike too weren't oh you? loaded out so if i fell over i was screwed in that loose dirt i wouldn't have been able to pick my bike up so i i knew i was facing a situation where i had to be extremely careful because there was nobody going to help me i zero signal on my phone none there, you couldn't call 911 nothing this place was the most isolated place in the middle of nebraska so I'm going down and I finally start seeing some old buildings, very old buildings that were destroyed. Now, I had done my research before I got there and understood the place finally got destroyed by a tornado. And you started seeing that even though it was clear back in 1900, it was wiped out. All these old buildings, no one had ever cleaned it up. These places, these people abandoned that town left and nobody went back uh, after that final terrifying thing. And uh, so I'm starting to see these buildings. And I'm like, oh, okay, I must be at Spring Ranch, you know. And I couldn't check my map or anything because uh, there was just no signal at all on your phone. Nothing. And so I am I go down the road a little further, and then I see the train depot. So the train depot has grass grown all around it, you know. Nobody's taking care of this place. 
And I, I walked up and got off my bike to verify. And sure enough, it was the Spring Ranch train depot. Okay. Um, now, Spring Ranch was a city, a town, that was a service town of the Oregon Trail. It was a stopping place where the pioneers would stop. It was a supply, a resupply place. And it had been attacked. There was, uh, there's all kinds of little monument things in the graveyard there showing they, they were attacked by Indians and there were several massacres there. So you have all this negative energy with the massacre that, that occurred, several massacres that occurred there. And then you have, um, uh, after that, you have the story I'm going to get into. Um, what Spring Ranch is famous for is a famous lynching of two innocent people named Elizabeth Taylor and Tom Jones. Elizabeth Taylor and Tom Jones were a brother and a sister. Now, what's so funny about the story when I first heard about it was I thought it was a hoax because that's the name of two movie stars, Elizabeth Taylor and Tom Jones. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, somebody made this up. But sure enough, there is two big tombstones there that are Elizabeth Taylor and Tom Jones and their brother and sister. And um, the way the story goes is Elizabeth Taylor and her family an extended family uh, settled in Spring Ranch, and none of the locals liked them. They immediately had a major bad negative energy with the community, and the community wanted them to move on. Okay? They didn't want to leave. Well, suddenly, buildings started burning down in town, and there was an arsonist, and her family was blamed for it. And so they started getting threats by the locals that they better leave, um, that, you know, they know that they're the arsonist, blah, blah, blah. So Elizabeth Taylor ordered a shotgun, and it finally came on a stagecoach. She got her shotgun, this major elephant-style shotgun. And this is where the tragedy really starts. When it was delivered, the whole town then found out that Elizabeth Taylor had got this major shotgun and they basically got a group of people together to come to her house and say hey we want this gun we don't trust you you burn our buildings down and she's like my family didn't do that you know you're you're going after the wrong people but if you come on our property again and threaten our family anymore something bad's going to happen well the next day one of the individual town leaders came to her house with a gun to take it away, her gun, forcibly. And basically, she shot him right at the base of the neck to where it shot him just right, where it literally blew his head off of his body. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, I mean, his head was literally blown off his body. It was laying on the ground. Well, this didn't go good with the town that already hated her. And so the townspeople got a lynching mob together and they came to her house to go hang her on where, and their hangings were held on this bridge. It was called the hanging bridge. Okay. And I'll get to the hanging bridge. Uh, I did one of my videos underneath that bridge. It's still there, believe it or not. This bridge is 
120 something years old still there is it being used still or is it just there yes (laughs) i had to ride my bike over it wow to get to the cemetery where everyone's buried um so um the posse get her together and her brother tom jones comes down like you're not taking my sister and he tried to stop it and they're like fine we'll hang you too and they so they grabbed Tom Jones, her brother, and Elizabeth Taylor was married. She had two kids, and this was her her younger brother, Tom Jones. And they took him too, and they took him down to the bridge, and they hung him both under the bridge that day. A circuit judge then came in and did a trial, and the marshal found now the guy that was burning all the buildings down. And it turns out Elizabeth Taylor was completely innocent of you know, everything it's, it's, she had been I, accused I got to stop doing. you for a second. It's so weird hearing you say Elizabeth Taylor when it, we're not talking about, you know, Elizabeth Taylor, the actress. That is so crazy. <laughs> Isn't that the strangest thing? Their names were Elizabeth Taylor and Tom Jones. I know. You know it, that's just insane. singing and uh, Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, but as you see on my pictures I took on my my blog on this is, you know, it, that's right there. It's Elizabeth Taylor and Tom Jones on the on the gravestones. Um, now, after that happened, the town felt terrible. They actually raised a bunch of money, apologized to the family, and they actually built Tom Jones and Elizabeth Taylor the two most beautiful, biggest monuments in the whole graveyard and they put it at the very end of the graveyard overlooking the whole rest of the graveyard okay now at that time a tree that people say just developed this giant tree on the exact opposite end of the cemetery so you have tom jones and elizabeth taylor's tombstones looking over the entire town's graveyard on the opposite end, like a football post, okay, exactly in the center of theirs on the opposite end is this giant tree and the bark fell off and there is like a perfect door on this tree that looks like, they call the tree the portal tree. That's what all the locals call it. That's what the townspeople called it. And from that point on, anybody that died in Spring Ranch and was buried it was said that Tom Jones and his sister, who were murdered innocently, innocent victims, judged by the town wrongly. From that point, they got to judge everybody in the town when they died and send them through the portal tree to their fate. And that they had the total control of the portal tree. So this sets you up for... So I read about that story, okay, before I had gotten there. And another guy who sent me there that found it, he sent me research. So when I got there that night, you know, I'm looking for the graveyard, and I can't find it. I can't find any graveyard, okay. And there were two bridges, and I wasn't sure which one was the hanging bridge. Um, so... I end up going over this wooden bridge, scared the crap out of me with my heavy bike. You know, I'm going across these old planks. They're like 
plank board. You can also see a picture of this bridge I've posted. And I ride to the other side, and then I ride up a hill, and here's an old farm, you know, an old abandoned farm. Doesn't look like anybody had been on this farm for 20, 30 years, just abandoned looking. But I see a light inside the house, you know, like like a lantern-like kind of light. So I thought, you know what? I'm in the middle of nowhere. It's getting late. There's no way I'm going back down that that dirt road. I'm stuck here tonight. I'm going to see if this, I'll ask this guy here, you know, or girl, whoever's there. Somebody looks like they're in there. All right, hey, Dean, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a little bit, and we'll start off right where you left off with that light inside that little house that you saw. You all, this is getting good, so be ready, because it's going to be very interesting after this. OpenEyes Network now airs a live simulcast on YouTube. Our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash OpenEyes Network, features not just our live content, but other videos as well, and is always active. So now you can tune in in many different ways. OpenEyes Network shows air Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live. Be sure to visit OpenEyesNetwork.com to find easy-to-use links to get to all of the places that you want to listen to our shows. And don't forget, all of our shows will now be archived as well on YouTube. There is a better radio show, beyond that which is known to the people. It is a radio show more informative than others, and as timeless as infinity. It is the equilibrium between light and dark, between the sheeple and the paranormal, and it is heard at the base of man's ignorance and at the summit of his knowledge. This is the radio show of imagination, a show we call The Secret Teachings. Open Eyes is dedicated to finding the truth in all matters. We are not afraid to be politically incorrect or to ask questions. Whether it is the paranormal, government cover-ups, the dark agenda that the puppet masters have in store for us, or aliens and UFOs, nothing remains hidden. Listen to Open Eyes, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on LateNightInTheMidlands.com or OpenEyesNetwork.com. Open hearts, open minds, open eyes. Ben Franklin said, If you do the same thing tomorrow as you did today, you're going to get the same tomorrow as you got today. Changing the world starts with you. 
And changing you starts with changing the way you think. Late Night in the Midlands can help. Listen to all of our shows at latenightinthemidlands.com because things really do need to change. Armageddon time is coming soon The fires will turn us all into dust And we will be judged one last time You, your son, and me The days will turn black, you soon will see Soon we'll all be swinging from that tree Pray your neck breaks when the rope is taut Pray your mother isn't there to see Oh, 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 is me The state has put a date on me We will all be standing Chewing at our shoes And we'll all be wearing navy blue All our earthly goods we'll also lose
And we are back with you guys after that great little song that kind of uh, matched up song. with the story. Love you like that, huh? Actually, it was pretty good. That was cool, <laughs> that wasn't was it? I liked it. I was sitting there the, jamming out. You were dancing. I, I was dancing. break my neck and the rope breaks and my mom didn't see it stuff. That was, <laughs> that that was really good stuff. Story. You know, that song matches the story you're telling so good. It is so good. <laughs> You know, I thought it was great. Wait till you hear the next one we're going to have on break. You're going to like I that one. I enjoy that. But anyway, yeah. So anyway, we are back. This is Eddie Hill. This is Paranormal Analytical, the best paranormal show on earth. Okay. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. And we are here with uh, Dean Nelson, the biker guru, the haunted biker guru, because he's got all these great ghost stories. And we have my co-host, Renee Rodriguez, the mad scientist over here. And we also have Miguel Cantu sitting on my left working the switchboard. I like the way I say that. Switchboard? Do we have calls coming in? I don't think we have any calls coming in. We don't in, have any people calls. people can call in. Yeah, people can call in, but they haven't yet. Our number's up there. They can join the chat room as well, and I can take some live comments from the chat room. If you go to lnmradionetwork.com, join the chat room, and you can talk to us directly. That's right. LNM Radio Network, folks, join up. Okay. Get in here. You know, uh, have fun with us. You know, this is what it's all about is the paranormal show. Dean, we left you with the haunted little cabin looking thing that you were talking about out in the middle of nowhere. And you're by yourself. And it's like already late, dark, kind of creepy. And you're walking over toward this? this thing. What time of year was this? It was in the middle of the summer, and it was actually, I don't know if you remember, a couple years ago, they had what was called the really, it was a really rare blood red moon night. Oh, that was about three, four years ago. Yes, and wouldn't you know, and I didn't know this till that night, I was there at that place on that night, <laughs> which really brought the whole mood because a lot of the witches in the witching farm I'll get to, they did a lot of their ceremonies around those, you know, full red moons, you know? So where, where I was just left, uh, left off is, um, I saw this farm. It was an old abandoned farm. It looked like nobody had been there in 30 years, but I saw all light. So I went up to the door and I figure, Okay, this guy's not far from – it's the only place I see where there's a human being that lives around here. This guy maybe can fill me in, you know. So I knock on the door, and this old man answers the door. And he's wearing, like, bib overhauls. I mean, looked like something out of the 70s, you know. I mean, he really looked – I can't explain. He had no color to him. He was like – I thought it was the lighting or whatever. I mean, very – serious very serious guy and i said sir i'm here um i travel the united states and i'm doing a ghost camp over here and doing a story about spring ranch and i wondered if you could tell me a little bit about what's going on and that point this guy went into a 20 minute story that would just give you goosebumps he told me the entire history of spring ranch i mean every detail of the night that they were the day they were hung um 
And then he added a few stories. He told me about the portal tree. He said, first of all, he said, you need to leave. You still have enough daylight. You don't want to stay here tonight. And I said, well, sir, I'm staying. Okay. So, and I said, it's too late for me on my bike. The gravel's treacherous. Uh, I can't get stuck up in that. So I said, can you, can you tell me where, you know, which bridge is the hanging bridge, which he told me it was the one I just drove up to, which was about, let's say 300 yards from the top of the hill to his farm. Okay. He said the, the graveyard, if you go that back down to that hanging bridge, you'll look to your left and you will see some, uh, an opening. Okay. And you'll see an old half grass, half gravel road. He said, it looks like a tractor road to a field. That's called cemetery road. He said, you're going to ride on that cemetery road for about a mile and a half. And he said, it's going to dead end into, um, the graveyard. It, it, the road's just to go to the graveyard. And he said, you'll see a big opening then. And then he explained to me exactly where I'd find Elizabeth Taylor. He said, you'll go to the right of the graveyard and you'll find Elizabeth Taylor in Tom Jones's uh, graveyard. And then he tells me about this portal tree. And he says, stay away from the portal tree. Don't, don't get close to it. Do not touch this tree. And just keep your distance from it. And I said, well, how will I know? that which trees the portal tree he said you'll walk exactly straight across the graveyard and it sits right between elizabeth taylor and tom jones tombstones exactly in the middle right across from them on the opposite end of the graveyard that's almost like an open invitation to yeah, go just touch tell, a tree telling him yeah don't don't go here but i'm gonna tell you exactly where <laughs> right. it is so i go and the first thing i did is i found the Two tombstones, which is really cool. So right away, I'm going, okay, this is real. These two people existed, you know, and, th and they're right on their grave. They died the same day, you know. And uh, so so then he told me about the guy who got his head blown off, how he's buried right in the middle of the graveyard. And he told me his name. I actually found that guy's tombstone, the guy that had his head blown off. Um, and as I'm walking across this graveyard... I get to the very end. And he said, now, you're going to get, it's going to get cold. The temperature's going to drop. And you're going to get goosebumps all over your body. And you will know you're at the portal tree. So this was, you know, I get there. I walk across the graveyard. Sure enough, I thought it was just a crazy coincidence. I feel the temperature just drop. I mean, but it was getting that time of day, so I'm being Mr. You know, logical uncle and well, that's just a coincidence because the sun's starting to go down. And but I mean it dropped. I mean, like like I walked into a refrigerator, and there sits this tree that is so ominous. Okay. I mean, now the farmer told me a story about this tree. He said several people tried to destroy the tree. He said in 1890, one of the town leaders was so sick and tired of the curse, the Elizabeth Taylor curse, 
that he was determined to destroy the tree and destroy all this, you know, he so he went and he put wood all the way around the bottom of the portal tree to burn the tree down. And all this wood burns and it didn't even dent the tree. Okay. The next morning that man was found dead in his bed. He was died during the night the day after he tried to burn the tree down. Did it show what he died of? I mean, did, did anybody ever say? No. Well, of course, you know, immediately everybody said he died of the tree. You know, right, absolutely. Then. But, it, I mean, was there autopsies. any marks was, or signs you know, on him or something that showed? He was just found dead in his bed the next day. Wow. You know, he, he woke, they went down, and the guy's dead. So, I... um. The guy warns me, he said, do not touch this tree, you know. So I'm looking at this tree, and I'm going, man, okay, the vibes were so real. There was an evil presence that I have never felt in my life. I honestly never felt anything like it, you know. And so I went and about, picture about from where the portal tree is. I set up my campsite then about 70 feet to the left of the tree. If you're looking at the tree, I set my campsite up exactly beside it, but 70 feet over. Now, what I didn't know that night, because it was getting late, and I discovered when I got back up the next morning, is I had set up my tent and my bike right on top what's called a potter's field where all the unknown, unmarked graves of people that died, including the people that were slaughtered in the Indian uh, massacres, uh, people on the Oregon Trail, when people would die along the trail, they would get to the town and they were buried there. There was a whole field of unmarked graves. And that whole field is a burial ground. So you uh, were sleeping on top of somebody. I, I slept right on top of somebody. Yeah. Um, now, you know, I set my camp up and I decide, look, I'm going to break this evil feeling I have. You know, I, I went and uh, I, I broke out a beer, you know, I took some funny pictures. I, I'm trying to be myself, you know, and just like I know I'm stuck here. I am camping out in this super creepy place. I'm all alone. I have no signal. Um, so. Uh, now, let me jump forward a little backwards again. Before I got and crossed the bridge to the, 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 the farmer, I was on the other side of the bridge where the train depot was, and I found another farm that I found out they call it the witching farm. And here on, on this witching farm, which you've seen some of the pictures with like almost human-grown cages and just bizarre things on this witching farm. Um, there was a coven of witches that moved there because of the curse of Spring Ranch. And they lived on this witching farm all through the 70s and 80s. And I'm telling you, this witching farm, walking around on it, I'm going, anybody here? Now, there was like a presence that there were people there. I mean, it was like, the wrong turn movie. I mean, there's a whole bunch of little buildings. You saw the picture of the outhouse that as old as it was from the outside, it was perfectly clean with 1970 posters 
of Playboy naked women all over the wall. This place was the creepiest place. And I'm like, somebody's here. I mean, those there's no spider webs in here. You know, somebody's using this. Well, maybe uh-huh. creepy, but it sounds like a nice place to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, once I got back, now go back to the cemetery and I'm setting up my camp. And I start having these crazy things run through my mind. I'm like, here I am. Bright red blood moon. I've got witching ceremonies. I got. A, I found out there's a, the witching farm. I, I've got this creepy farmer I know lives up here that knows where I'm. I'm. I'm down here, and I started having these things go through my mind. You know, it's like, you know. Now for my followers, what I do is I did a midnight walk through the cemetery. Then, so I had my headlight on, and at midnight, I walked the whole place again including going down to the hanging bridge on that dark, long road that was cemetery road that went all the way back to the actual hanging bridge. And um, it was truly the scariest, creepiest abandoned place you can imagine, okay, when you put it all together, the whole thing, the witching farm, the hanging bridge, the actual terrible things that happened uh and um well to finish the story of what happened at spring ranch after they were buried a series of non-stop unusual deaths of all the people that were involved that were in the lynching mob all died horrible unusual deaths and after the man died that tried to burn the tree down, what happened was people were starting to leave town. It was starting to be seen as this cursed place. And then an F4 tornado came in on the anniversary of Elizabeth Taylor and Tom Jones hanging. A tornado came through town and destroys the place. I mean, wipes. I mean, of all of Nebraska, you got this one isolated little town and that tornado hit it perfectly head on just went through and just dismantled everything bunch of people died uh just a complete disaster and then after that everybody agreed it was cursed and everybody left and that day that was the end of spring ranch after the tornado and no one has ever tried to build or live there except for the old farmer up above it on the hill and the witches that lived in the witching farm. Kind of makes you wonder what property's going for. <laughs> really? You know what's so cool about the witching ranch is um, it's frozen in time. There are like 10 to 15 classic, beautiful 50s and 60s cars just sitting there just abandoned like these things will go at auctions for i mean just beautiful old tractors and it's like everybody just left it they just left you know like everything kind of stood still in time is basically the way it looks when you pull up in there oh you, you know if it was around here in ohio an old farm i would do anything to buy that place it was so cool the buildings the the old trucks and buildings full of antiques that were just you know i'm looking through the window and just like the coolest stuff in it but it's abandoned just 
Nobody's even locally went and raided the places. Well, you know, somebody's got to own that stuff. I mean, it'd be interesting to find out who owns it. It really would. Well, you know, now it's getting dark. I've done my walk to under the hanging bridge. I've walked the graveyard. I did my midnight walk. Um, I sat by, you know, my campground. Uh, it was 1230 at night. I'm showing the big red moon. I'm telling the story. I'm actually telling the story of Spring Ranch, you know, trying to create a cool atmosphere that I can show later when I get back. Because I couldn't do a Facebook Live because there was no signal. And um, this is where it got really dark. Um, I get back from my walk and, and right away, the biggest spider web. I've ever seen in my life with an albino crazy white spider, the size, um, double the size of a, a, a silver dollar, just the scariest looking white spider you ever saw. I almost walked right into the thing, you know, um, everything started getting really creepy. And, um, so I have my Bible, you know, and, uh, I'm really seeing this as sort of a spiritual crisis for myself. Cause it's the first time I've ever camped in the woods and I'm scared. I'm, I'm, I'm literally feeling isolated under attack. My fears taking over, which just isn't what my style is, but here I was and I'm like, this is going to be a rough night. And I finally went back in my, I got in my tent and I fall asleep, you know, and uh, I never lay on my stomach, okay, but for some reason, I was upset, and I rolled over on my stomach, and I had, like, my Bible under my arm, and I, I read it for a while with my little flashlight, you know, and I'm just trying to get myself focused and calmed down enough to go to sleep, and I fall asleep very lightly. And the next thing you know, and this changed my life, um, I have what I thought was the darkest, most realistic dream I've ever had. I had a creature on my back that felt so ancient and so powerful and so um, over powering like i felt like a two-year-old child um helplessness and the weight was unbelievable i'm on my stomach on my face and this hand massive hand is holding my neck down pushing me flat on the ground on the back of my neck and whispers in a voice that was so terrifying, um, mocking me, telling me that how dare I come there? How dare, you know, you're nothing, uh, you know, uh, just, you know, I can't remember every word. It was, it was just the terror of you don't belong here, you know, uh, insulted evil presence of like you know you had and i'm telling you i was literally praying that i could die i wanted to die i've never wanted to die like that i wanted to die 
I wanted to just end my existence. I, I, I was so terrified. It was worse than being cut into pieces. I mean, the terror was off the charts. And I realize I'm not having a dream and I'm trying to get up and I cannot get up, man. But I had my Bible under my arm laying on and I grab my Bible and I just start saying, in Jesus' name, get off me. And, you know, I just started, you know, using the name of Jesus Christ and and uh, you have no power over me. Get off me, you know, and. I finally just break loose. I tear out of my tent and man, I come out of my tent. I'll never forget the sight. I mean, I felt like I had just escaped something horrible, like, 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 like a Nazi prison. I mean, I break out of my tent and there's this giant blood red moon, like right over top of me in the sky here. I, and I'm like, how the heck did I put myself in this position? You know, I, I mean, this, I'm feeling like the dumbest man on earth. I'm like, I, you know, and I have my Bible and I, I start just quoting scripture and praying and walking around my tent and, and just, I, I don't want to stop talking to God. You know, I, I want, I don't want any break. I don't want any silence. I don't want to be able to hear that voice. The, the, the terror was so insane. I mean, I, it, I words can't explain how, how, terrifying this the power of this thing it was it was ancient it was big it was physically big it was um it was so sure of itself it was uh this was its place it has a stronghold i think a connection i mean i'm sleeping right down from that portal tree and um and so i stayed up walked uh, until the sun came up. And the second there was even a little bit of light, I'm getting my tent packed up, you know, and I'm getting my stuff together and I'm out of there. Okay. And um, now at this point, you guys have heard this story. It gets worse. Okay. At this well, point. Tell you what, Dean, let's go ahead and take our next break real quick. Everybody, this is Paranormal Analytical. We got we have Dean Nelson with us tonight, and he's telling one of the most fascinating stories of one of his bike trips that you've ever heard. Guaranteed to make you have goosebumps and nightmares. This is one of those stories that you don't want to miss. So I'm don't still go away. My seat. Oh man! And I can't wait. we are going to start our commercial, and we'll be back right after this. This is our halftime, so be ready. The rising rate of autism is not just concerning, it's a disaster. No matter what the cause of it is, it is something that everyone should be acutely aware of and actively helping out those in the community that have it. 
That is why Adventures in Autism was created. Adventures in Autism is a show inspired by our life with our son Seth and the many experiences his autism has brought to our lives. Each episode, we bring you the topic of the week, news about autism, and resources to help you and your family or friends out in their own adventures with autism. Tune in Mondays at noon and midnight on lnmradionetwork.com or openeyesnetwork.com and get involved in the community. Let our experiences be an inspiration to you. Attention LNM Radio Network listeners. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi available, you can still listen to every minute of the LNM Radio Network by calling 605-562-4203? No smartphone app or internet needed. Saves your data plan and no extra cost if you have unlimited minutes. Call 605-562-4203 to listen to the LNM Radio Network on any phone, anytime, anywhere. There are days that the red pill is bitter in my stomach, but I can't get it back out. I think because I have to. I speak because I have no choice. I walk through this dark age we're in with open eyes. Listen to Open Eyes on LateNightInTheMidlands.com And together, maybe we won't stumble and fall. The Late Night in the Midlands Radio Network is deeply devoted to you, the listener. We feel it is necessary to bring you all of the information that you can use in your life. Each and every day, you will find something to listen to here. And whether you come away from the shows informed, inspired, or entertained, it is our passion. We don't bow to corporations, and we don't have handlers to tell us what not to talk about. We bring you everything. Late Night in the Midlands, however, is fully listener-supported. We need your help to stay on the air and to make sure that we get the bills paid. We need your help to keep the truth alive. If you feel that you have gotten anything out of Late Night in the Midlands, we would appreciate your support. You can become a subscriber and help us out on a monthly basis, or if you'd like, a one-time donation is fully appreciated as well. Every year, the average household in America spends over $3,000 on entertainment alone. If you could help us with just a tiny fraction of that amount, you would make all of the difference. Go to LateNightInTheMidlands.com and click on the subscribe button. Thank you, and as always, keep yourself informed. Mother Mary had a dad and it beat her. Now they're in the street just looking for blood. Vampires in my neighborhood are the vampires. Oh, in my neighborhood.
And we are back with you. And this is Paranormal Analytical. I'm your host, Eddie Hill. I have Miguel Cantu. And we have Renee Rodriguez as our host. As our special guest tonight, we have Dean Nelson, who is the haunted biker guru, who travels to all the haunted locations and stays the night and shares his encounters with everybody. And we're in the middle of a great story right now. So I hope you're back with us because this is something you're not going to want to miss. And it's only getting better from this point on. So and prepare. I just wanted to add that we have some activity in the chat room. We got a listener, Derek. He's loving this haunted story. He says he has goosebumps and that you're a great storyteller, Dean. And you have, <laughs> you have all of us on the edge of our seat with this story. And I'd, I'd like to hear the rest of this. Oh, you know what? This is a phenomenal story. And, and it's really, really good. And I have to say, hearing it from you, even though some of these stories I've heard before, I can't stop listening. They're just that good. And these are stories that are going to stick with me probably forever because they're that good, Dean. We appreciate you being on our show, man. And uh, let's continue where we left off at this old cabin building, this old place that you, uh, that, that, you're, that you left off on and that you stay in the night and you've had all these encounters and these ghostly figures and this demon and you're reading scriptures and i mean your blood's pumping your blood pressure's up and terror is boiling through your body let's go after that man because i mean you got everybody waiting all right well i tell you even as i tell the story i literally break out in a hot sweat i i i uh i've woke up to that horrible uh experience and and i've had some of the worst dreams in my life since that time repeating that incredible evil presence you know and uh so i get up um i i don't sleep of course then you know as soon as, as soon as light breaks i pack all my stuff up and i mean i am i should be exhausted because of the um being up all night but i'm i'm literally somewhat ecstatic that i made it through the night I mean, I started imagining, like, you know, all these witches. You know, this is a classic horror story. Biker camps out by himself in a haunted place. and Well, no I mean, your imagination really starts going, doesn't it? Pardon? Your imagination really starts going after that. I mean, it just, you know, all your senses are on heightened alert. Oh, just, and, and you know, I've been around enough. And I, I, I've done seminars about the, the mind and motivation and motivational seminars. And I, I tell you, I, I was experiencing um, doubts of myself and, and, and fears that I had never felt. Uh, I, I had lost somewhat control of, you know, my, my, uh, my confidence. Uh, I felt like a broken little kid. I, 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 I've, that experience of that creature being on top of me made me feel like the most helpless thing like a little bird in a trap uh you know it so i get my stuff packed and i i'm pulling out of there and i get down the dirt road it takes me 40 minutes in the loose gravel getting out of there uh, I get to the, the old highway that I didn't even see a car on on my way there the night before. Not a single car on the road. I'm driving. You know, it's 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. Well, by the time I get down that dirt road, I'm going to say it was 
between six and six thirty in the morning. All I know is I'm hidden west. I didn't even I couldn't look at MapQuest. There's no signals, nothing. So I just know I'm heading west on this road. And I come upon a little podunk gas station that's an old school step back in time, half gas station, half cafe, and the parking lot's just packed. And it's like every farmer in the area goes there for their breakfast. That is the happening place. Yes. Everybody's having their morning coffee, sharing stories. And then here walks in, in the middle of Nebraska, this biker, you know, with his vest on, his leathers. Okay, since this is Radio Dean, let's tell everybody what you look like. Since this is radio, tell everybody what you look like so they get an idea of what you look like. I've got a big Santa Claus beard. I've got long hair. I've got my vest on, my 30-year-old vest with every biker patch from every bike week I've ever been to. This is literally Santa Claus on a Harley. Santa Claus and the Harley. And my bike is packed up, loaded to the hilt. They can see it in the window, you know. They must have started talking about me before I even got inside, you know. When I walk in, the place is silent, you know. And uh, the I sit down at the booth, at the, the little bar, breakfast bar. And the girl says, sir, where what are you doing out here at six in the morning, you know? And I said, well, I'm a traveling biker. I work with the homeless and I do a couple haunted things per trip. And I just camped out at spring ranch. The place just went nuts. Everybody's like, you didn't, no one goes to spring ranch. And then I see where the locals are scared to death of this place. They are legitimately scared of this place they're like no one stays there sir not on a dare nothing nobody you stayed there all night by yourself and so all the cooks come out they're all getting around me the whole place are like tell us and i and and then the one girl she says now here's here's where you get goosebumps she says did you see the ghost farmer and i said excuse me she said, there's an old farm on the top of the hill from Cemetery Road. She said, there's people that say the farmer, he's been dead since 1970. No one's lived there. But that he comes and he tells the story of Spring Ranch and he warns people to leave. So that I, farmer you were talking to, he was not real. He was not real. Ooh. And I, I'm now feeling like I'm having an naughty body out-of-body experience with my demon confrontation and now i got the locals telling me that i talked to a ghost and that that farmer had been dead since 1970 so i mean seriously i mean at that point in time what what were you feeling i mean you being a submariner i mean you you you're in dangerous situations all the time you know with the u.s navy so i mean now having something like this take place i mean describe you know, how i'm a logical was. person i am a uh, again, a pragmatic, more or less type person. And as they're telling me about this ghost farmer, I am now entering a real melancholy state of just where I can't absorb all this. Like, am I in a dream? Is this whole thing a dream? I'm going to wake up. I never went to this spring ranch. Uh, these people in this cafe aren't real. You know, I'm like, this cannot be real. 
And I told him, I said, yeah. And I tell him about the ghost farmer, what he looked like. She goes, oh, yeah. He saw, and everybody's like, he saw the ghost farmer. He saw the ghost farmer. You know, to them, I'm a rock star. You know, I, I, I'm a guy that actually made it through the night that met the ghost farmer. And they knew all about the, the portal tree. They knew the whole story. And so I'm getting everything reaffirmed. Now, I'm not telling anybody about the demon because... I wouldn't believe anybody that told me about the demon, you know. I wouldn't accept it. I'd say they're a bullshitter. I, I, I. So I didn't tell anybody about the demon. Well, I had a great time with those people. You know, they treated me. They actually bought me breakfast. <laughs> didn't make me pay for breakfast. Well, heck yeah, they brought you breakfast. You survived the night. Yeah, they took pictures with me. I mean, I was like a rock star. You know, and they're oh, I can't wait to get home and tell my kids you a biker, a hardcore biker stayed at Spring Ranch. It was you against them. I mean, they don't like fear this place, man. I mean, they literally fear this place. I mean, it's like they couldn't believe I they said ghost groups have gone in there and they couldn't last the night. They they left as groups. They ran out of there about halfway through the night. And I'm like, Really? I said, Well, I'll tell you what, if I could have got out of there, I would have, you know, but I couldn't ride in that gravel on my bike. Um, but uh, so <clears throat> I get on my bike and I start riding down this road and I'm going to ride through Nebraska till I get to the Colorado mountains that night. And I'm just going to find me, you know, a super isolated, just call my wife, tell her I'm not going to leave this campground for a couple days. I got to shake this off. I'm just out of my mind. I'm, I'm just not myself. I got to shake this off, you know. And uh, so I find this great, awesome campground with this cool little river with rocks. And in the mountains, I'm all by myself. It's an out-of-season, like, campground, like an old campground. Nobody – and there's an old lady. There's actually a young couple that lives in a cabin that runs the place. And they're like, oh, cool. You can pick any place you want out. You're here by yourself. So I pick out this great place. It's real isolated. It's a really cool little place. And they had a nice little laundry mat. So I'm going to go wash my clothes and take a shower. So I get my tent set up and I go to the shower house. I take a shower. I took my clothes, threw a load in the laundry before I took my shower. And when I come back out of the shower, I don't have a shirt on. And there's an older lady there that's a cleaning lady at the campground. And she was in cleaning the laundry room. And uh, she said, hey, sir, you know, uh, she's an older lady, a little older than me, you know, and um she, you know, asked about what I was doing and everything. And I told her how I'd stayed at this haunted place the night before. And I sort of tell her the story, not the whole story. But I said, you know, I, I, I had the most horrible experience. I haven't told anybody yet. You're the first person I'll tell this to. And I tell her about the demon holding me down and how it was the scariest experience I've ever had. And I said, I've been shook up since. I'm, I'm not myself even now. And then she turns white on me. And she said, Sir, um, have you looked at the back of your neck on your back? And I was like, no. She goes, you have a giant handprint burnt on the back of your neck. And I'm telling you, I look in the mirror. I, I tell it, I'm getting, I'm getting teary-eyed. I, 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 I relive that moment. I look in the mirror, and I've got these long fingers. I mean, long, like, like 
the fingers were like this much longer than my hand, a big long thumbprint that went like this. I mean, it was like a big long thumb right on the back of my neck. It covered the upper part of my back and around my neck. That's crazy. And me because and that lady you're, you're had the a big guy already. Together, being a total stranger, like we like freaked out together, you know. Yeah, I mean, right. you're a you're a big guy, Dean. So for for a handprint to be that size on your back, that's listen. I I'm a martial arts, thirty five year wrestling coach, Olympic certified Greco Roman coach. My sons have won fourteen state titles in Greco. I mean, I'm I'm a guy that can handle myself. I felt like I'm 230 pounds. Uh, you know. Hang around some pretty rough crowds. Uh, I felt like a scared little two-year-old, helpless, nothing. Okay, and me and that lady sat in there. She was crying. She was so freaked out. She here's a total stranger. She's crying. And then she's really panicking because she said, you didn't even know that was there. And I said, no, ma'am. She goes, when you told that story, you didn't know anything about that. And she's like, oh, my God, you know, you had a horrible, you 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 fought a demon, you know. And I'm like, so at that point, my opinion now of the spiritual world, of the dynamic world, of, of the, the um, angels, evil angels, castaway angels, pff, I don't care, Mothman, whatever that was, okay, I mean, it was real uh, and 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 terrifying, and and I look at the dark now differently. When I'm out in the dark, I look at places. Just my whole view is 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 changed forever, you know. Uh, and I would never let anybody I know ever go to that place because there is an. Here was my mistake. Anybody that goes there to mock this, they, you better go there with respect. You better not go there, nah, nah, nah. You better not like, oh, we're going to ghost bust. I'm telling you, that is a sacred place. It's something that goes back to the American Indian, something with the massacres, something. No matter who's gone there, they've died. You know what I'm saying? Did the entity give you any uh, any warnings or any reason why you shouldn't be there? Um. Yeah, that this was his place. This, you know, uh, there was an insult to him that that he was being mocked, like like a, a pride uh, in who do you think you are? You know, you puny little nobody. You know. Um, I, I just say, you know what, beware when I watch some of them now, ghost stories with the one super slick model looking guy is mocking, you know, and they're making, I I'm telling you, I respect is that old saying, respect your elders. Well, these are ancient beings. They are, I believe have been here way before man was way before the first man was created. And I, I think, uh, that us mocking them is 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 just ironically ridiculous. I mean, these these things have seen it all, and they're they're angry, 
they're bitter, they're jealous of mankind. Man is somebody that took place ahead of them then when we were created. We took favor with God over them. They were rejected. They're outcasts and they're angry. And I just think that's why demons do bad things to people. <laughs> hey, Dean, we got a question in the chat room. Uh, Derek's asking, were you able to get a picture taken of the handprint on your neck? My biggest regret is that I did not get a picture. I And, I, you know, I all I can tell you is I didn't take any more pictures from the time of the demon fight. I didn't take any in the middle of the night while I waited for the sun to come up. I didn't take – I you know, I was uh, in a surreal – like I didn't care about bragging or – documenting or i was in a state of you know now you know when i look at that burn that i had on my back i had already went through an entire day okay i had drove all day that day um so it was roughly 16 to 17 hours afterwards okay and so if you've ever left an impression, like if you put your hand on your skin real hard and you see, you know, like it, it wasn't like a burn. Okay. It, it, it was like a, well, it was a burn. It was real light burn, like a sunburn. Okay. It wasn't like a fire burn. Okay. It wasn't like a brand. Okay. Cause then I probably would have got a picture because the next morning I get up, you know, had a good night's sleep. I was this stream where you could hear the water running through the rocks. You know, I had I had finally had a good night's sleep. I slept in the deepest sleep. And I get up the next morning and I go back to the shower house to then take a picture of my back, you know. And, yeah, so I take a picture then. And all you could see was, like, spots that, like, didn't look like anything anymore. I was And I was really pissed off because, you know, I, I had that lady there, you know. I should have got a picture when she first told me, but we were literally in that shower room, two strangers crying, you know, it was just that, but no, I did not get the picture of, I took a picture, but it didn't mean anything. It was down to just like spots. You know, I, I had like spots and it, you couldn't see the handprint anymore, but, uh, um, Any that answer the that yeah I think that's that's what Derek was wanting to know yeah. uh, and and these things tend to you know like I said they 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 come and go pretty quickly I mean we we've had experiences where where we're on an investigation and we've had uh, Patrick is the the prime example of our investigators that that gets attacked and has some kind of markings left on him and they just disappear within the same night oh yeah patrick is forever having something happen to him whenever we're out and about he's the one that either gets scratched he gets uh hurt bit something always happens to him where markings do appear on his body when we're out and it's crazy because i've never had an experience like that you know and i've been to you know hundreds and hundreds of different places like you know that are haunted or reported to be haunted but if anything bad happens, it always happens to Patrick. You know, it's kind of the way it goes. Isn't that right, Renee? That's interesting. Yeah. The last uh, investigation, he uh, he ended up getting scratched, and we filmed it. We actually got something coming towards him, uh, like a little white orb, and it just and it scratched him on the side. Yeah, he had okay. a, yeah. He had a well for uh, for a day, and it went away. You know, my I can probably dig up the picture I took 
the next day, but it just is so inconclusive then. I mean, when you saw it the day before, it was a handprint, you know, and, um, you know, I didn't even see it. I didn't even know it was there. I mean, it was so weird for the to see that reaction from a stranger. You know what I mean? I mean, it literally scared me. Like I lived it all over, because then I knew that I knew then that I experienced this. Well, I mean, for that to happen, and for somebody to come up to you and say, "Hey, look, you've got a mark on you, a handprint." You know, something like that that's burned into your skin, you know, that you felt or that, that you didn't realize was there, I should say. And they saw it. I mean, that that had to have been pretty unnerving because that's kind of like a a verification process that, you know, now you've got this, uh, you know, you've got this evidence on your back that shows that something actually did happen to you. Well, you like know a what? validation. And not just and, a and human I probably if I want to get I mean, really more large extended fingers, I mean, the that, mark that was. Pretty crazy. When he was holding me down, I didn't feel a burning sensation. It wasn't – I feel like it was more of a hand bruise on my neck because this thing – because what my memory is is this incredible strength, like super human strength. I mean I am a strong guy, man. I mean I've done bench press contests when I was younger. I went to the – all that – I mean I'm telling you I was a weakling uh, and – I feel like the handprint was more of a pressure bruise, like, like, cause I don't remember it feeling hot. I remember just feeling all mighty powerful and strong, you know, like it was just squeezing me. Like it could have just choked my life out of me. It could have wrapped its hands around my neck and I would have just been gone. I couldn't do nothing about it. They, I just most helpless I've ever felt in my life. You know? And that's, and that is a, that is a scary way to feel because when you're dealing with something like that, all the martial arts, all the skills that you have, you know, weren't going to help you in that situation. Well, it's funny, as you guys know, I've told you the story of, you know, this is my peacemaker. This is a World War II British issue um, piece. And um, I carry it on all my. Uh, it's like a resume. polo, right? It's it's machete, military issue, British. Mm-hmm. I carry this and I slide it right in my back of my seat. In, in its uh, leather um, sheath. And uh, so when I got out of the tent, I grabbed this. I had this in Bible and this in my other hand, just walking because this thing was physical. So I was like, if it comes back, I'm, I'm, I'm going to slice its head off, man. You know what I mean? I was ready for a another physical it didn't feel like a spiritual encounter it literally felt so physical you Did know you ever get a look at it no he was on top of me from behind um and 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 rubbing up against my face i mean he had his like evil freaking head like up against my ear and he just huge powerful like stringy bony but bony you know, but super strong. Uh, just, just, uh, I have so many bad dreams about this thing now. And, you know, one of those I try to watch word. now shows that give me an idea what this thing could be. I've, I've never seen, I can't, you know, it, it I call it a demon, but it, it had a physical presence, you know? I, it's, right. But you were, you were kind of helpless during that situation. So, I mean, that, 
That is not someplace anybody would like to be. All right, we're going to take our third and final break, everybody. Stay tuned. We have Dean Nelson, the ghostly biker guru, as I call him, and uh, basically our biker Santa Claus. This is Paranormal Analytical, and we'll be right back after this. There are days that the red pill is bitter in my stomach, but I can't get it back out. I think because I have to. I speak because I have no choice. I walk through this dark age we're in with open eyes. Listen to Open Eyes on LateNightInTheMidlands.com And together, maybe we won't stumble and fall. The LNM Radio Network offers a chat room for you, the listener, to connect with others who are interested in the topics and guests that the LNM Radio Network brings to you. During the live shows, the hosts will even visit the chat room and chat with you, the listener. Click on the big red chat and listen button at the top of the website and join us. No subscription is needed at either lnmradionetwork.com or latenightinthemidlands.com. Why subscribe to Late Night in the Midlands, you ask? Well, I'll tell you why. Late Night in the Midlands covers everything, and through the thousands of expert guests who have joined Michael Vera on his show, come pieces of the big puzzle, which started many years ago. Michael and his guests reveal information dating back to the beginning of time. To this very moment, Michael Vera not only brings you the best guests with the best information, but Michael is not afraid to call out those who are less than honest. You see, in this day and age, we need a radio show we can count on and a radio host we can trust to expose the truth one show at a time. So, become a late-nighter and subscribe now. Talk radio like no other. Late Night in the Midlands, bringing the truth back to talk radio. Do you need toner for your Epson, Hewlett-Packard, Canon, Brother, Apple, or Sharp printers? Look no further than Laser Technologies. In business for over 20 years, they offer the lowest prices on toner on the web. They can also repair your laser printers and toners fast and easy. Call their expert staff today at 561-792-9600 or email us at service at laser-technologies.com. For all your toner needs, all toner is shipped nationwide. Why wait? Get the lowest prices on toner call or email us today there is a better radio show beyond that which is known to the people it is a radio show more informative than others and as timeless as infinity. It is the equilibrium between light and dark, between the sheeple and the paranormal. 
and it is heard at the base of man's ignorance and at the summit of his knowledge. This is the radio show of imagination, a show we call The Secret Teachings. And we are back. Welcome back, everybody. This is Eddie Hill. I'm your host for or Paranormal Analytical. I've got my host, Mike Cantu, and also have my other co-host, Renee Rodriguez, and we have our special guest, Dean Nelson, our ghostly biker guru. Welcome back, everybody. Dean, uh, we left off on a really good spot. Let's continue on with what you were talking about on this haunted adventure that you had. Well, I, you know, leaving it, uh, the last thing that happened was, you know, it was, it was funny how my experience traveled to the cafe where total strangers informed to me that I had a bigger experience than I thought because of the ghost farmer. And then I traveled to Colorado mountains to find a lady in a laundromat that further strengthened and and sent chills up my back by pointing out the 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 burn or hand bruise or whatever it was on my back you know this really um for for the next several days of my trip i i really was a vegetable i i literally um it shook my world of what i thought was real oh you know um of of what I thought was really out there, you know, it 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 really opened my eyes to that. There's a whole nother dimension out there, um, you know. So, um, and from there, that's where my curiosity has continued to be fed now with other ventures like this, uh, because uh, every ghost ride I do now is a little different, you know. And I think I've opened myself up to um you know spiritual realities that um are uh a, a, can be a physical manifestation that i thought was not a fairy tale before but you know i, I wouldn't have listened to a guy like me uh that just told this story it, before that experience i would have put all kinds of holes in it you know what i'm saying so when you, when you go on these adventures, you're not going to do an actual investigation and document everything that's happening. You're going for more the experience, right? I, I'm going there for well, you know, I do a lot of research before I'll go, I go into air. I read up everything I can find on the place before I stay all night. You know, I I want to know all the details of what happened at this location. Um, so I do a lot of research before I go. Uh, but unlike you guys, I don't go in with the equipment or um, you know, I go in with, um, I walk the walk. I tall, I call the names out of the people I know of historically that are there or have been there or that are supposedly haunting the place. Um, and, uh, but I don't have the equipment, you know, now I do believe this. I think my loner angle offers a different perspective then when a lot of people go into a place together, I think sometimes that can disturb what I call the spiritual world. Like, you know, it can silence it. 
I, I think when you're alone with all your own fears, you're more at their level, less intimidating. And I think it opens up the possibility for an encounter, you know, uh, without bringing all the bells and whistles in. I, now, I don't know. I'm no expert. You guys know more about this stuff than I do. Um, but yeah, I guess my own personal experience um, is is what I bring to the table. You um, know, what I really like about the way you do this, Dean, is that you take your very own experiences as a normal person would being out and about without without all the gadgets and gizmos and all that kind of stuff. And you just use your senses. You go to the bare bones of things, which is really great because I think it really brings a new perspective to what's actually taking place and somebody who could just be out and about and uh, dealing with that kind of a thing. I mean, we go out there, we have all kinds of things to tell us what's going on, temperature changes, you know, electromagnetic fields, you know, infrared, we have multi-spectrum lights, we have FLIR units, you know, forward-looking infrared. I mean, we have all that stuff. You know, we have electronic devices for recording that are super sensitive. We have some that are static you know, in order to create a white noise, we've got all this stuff to our disposal. But when you think about it, it all boils down to the bare bones of ghost hunting and, and looking into the spiritual world. And you're reporting that back to your followers. I think that is really awesome. Yeah. You know, my, my main tools, uh, my GoPro, uh, I videotape everything. Um, and you know, uh, your 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 equipment is your goosebumps. Like I said, I, I felt the temperature drop when I got close to the. Mm-hmm. I, I would have been really curious with your equipment. I would love to have gotten readings, the physical readings off that spot, close to the portal tree. I've never felt. That was an interesting part of my night before even the encounter with the demon was the encounter with the tree itself. I just remember everything the farmer told me. Okay, the temperature's going to drop. I'm going to feel the biggest goosebumps I ever felt, which I did. Uh, I mean, it was like everything he told me happened exactly the way he told me it would happen. And um, I found that amazing. I, I, I that, that part of the story amazed me. I know? would have loved to have our equipment pointed at you when all that took place just oh. to see what might have showed up yeah it, it was uh i tell you walking there's things like i can't describe to you how now you can watch my tape where i walked through the graveyard that night it's it's on my page i, I you see my midnight walk but uh i can't describe the emotion i was feeling you know, there was no escape. There was no leaving the place. There, I was on my bike on on a road. No, you couldn't ride at night. You know, there's no phone signal. I mean, it's sort of an interesting feeling at being helpless. Okay, and in a haunted situation, uh, I'm not like a group of Ghostbusters I've heard have went out there and once they got totally freaked out, they got in their Jeeps and their cars together and they all took off down the dirt road. That couldn't happen for me. I was I was alone, no turning back, and I'm stuck. Now, that changes everything, say, versus the 
high tech with the automobiles, you, you, you know, you're you're going to live this experience out. You're, you're going to finish the night. There's no turning back. And that puts an interesting twist on it. You know, you know? and that's one thing, Renee, I, I know that you're aware of this, but I mean, you've seen other teams that go to places like this to document, but the minute things go south, they're out of there. I don't get that. Well, it, it took me, it took us, or actually took me a long time to run towards danger because uh, you're used to it, Eddie, because you, uh, you were a police officer. But uh, it, it takes a lot to just turn and face it. It really, it, it makes you a different person. And I've had to learn how to do that, just jump in and go at it. It's totally opposite what you're supposed to be doing. It's just wrong. Now, Dean, I got a question for you. Um, did you capture anything at all with your GoPro? Anything whatsoever? Well, I put a couple of my photos up of this place. And I've had my followers find tons of things. Images in the portal tree. If you look at the door, I capture the image of a woman. If you look at the picture I have of the portal I tree, you that. will see a woman in this door. And it's very distinctive, man. I I mean, you see demons in Satan's pitchfork. Very distinctive pitchfork in the bark that's distinctive. Tell everybody you know. where to go to look at some of these photos you have. Um, What you do is, if you go to my page, Dean Nelson, and then under search... Put in Spring Ranch, okay? Put in Elizabeth Taylor under the search, and you'll see then my stories pop up because I got a ton of stories on my page. But if you want to pull them one up, just just type in Spring Ranch, uh, Elizabeth Taylor, um, Hanging Bridge, um, and you'll see then put Portal Tree in, okay, on the search, and you'll see pictures and articles come up that I wrote um, and the videos I made, there's like four videos I made that night, um, a whole section of pictures of the witching ranch, a whole bunch of pictures of the, uh, portal tree, the tombstones, my campsite there at, in the cemetery. Um, now you've also got those, uh, like those little, uh, huts that are made out of like tree branches or trees uh -huh. or whatever they are. You know, the Witching Ranch is a place I wished I would like to go back. I would like to find who's staying there. Somebody is living there, okay? A hermit or somebody. They didn't want to come out. They didn't want to talk to me, you know, because um, there was just a human presence there. The bathroom was totally clean, you know, um, or the outhouse. Um, but... Um, you know, I was thinking about you guys, you know, going there. You know, I would go back there, but I would not go back to stay the night. Okay. When you've had your ass kicked like I did, I always sort of bragged as a wrestler. I never had my ass kicked. Well, I had my ass kicked that night. Okay. Yeah, it was handed I, to you. It was handed to me. I was a puss. I was scared to death. I was broken. I was beat. I was, I wanted to die. I mean, I was, you know, just destroyed that night. 
And uh, a l- weird part of my confidence was shot there for a while. I, I I really lost a lot of confidence. You know, I'm I was even more nervous riding my bike. I rode my whole life. You know, I was I was like vulnerable feeling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This thing really stuck with me. Uh, what would and, you tell uh, somebody who doesn't believe in this kind of stuff? No, I didn't either. You know, no, I believed in it. I mean. I'm a big Bible believer. I believe the stories of casting out demons and all that. I guess I had a difference between what I believed intellectually, um, but I didn't believe it in a real manifested way, you know, until that night. I, I realized that, okay, this is real stuff. I mean, these are real beings, okay? They are here. They live amongst us. Okay, they're more ancient than us. They know more than us. They've been around longer than us. They don't like us. Okay, um, they don't like us bothering them. They don't like us mocking them for sure. Okay, they don't like us disrespecting them. They don't like us acting like we know more than they do. They don't even want bothered. We're not even worth debating. They have contempt for us. And that is my conclusion of, um, and I think there's different levels of them. And I think I faced a very powerful one, a very, very powerful one of them. I think a lot of demons are cowardly. They're weaker levels of them. This thing was powerful, authoritative, and he was territorial, you know. Wow. You know, and I think you experienced something that a lot of paranormal investigators only wish they could experience, but they don't realize the amount of power that these things do possess and what they can do to you. Absolutely. You know, um, I think you got to be careful. You can take these things home with you. I I think uh, I, I have flashbacks, man, where I I. Even telling this story and being on your show, I'm I'm cautious to not show respect. You know what I mean? I, I'm like I'm gonna get visited or something like, you know, a big mouth, you know. Uh you know, like if you ever got beat up, you know, like you're worried the bully is gonna find out you were talking about him and he's you feel like gonna... you've been marked. What's that? Do you feel like you've been marked? Uh it's a good way to put it. Uh you know, I, I believe I've lived a very blessed life, and I actually believe I was meant to experience that. It has strengthened my homeless work. It has strengthened my belief in in my my God and my Savior and my it. If that's true, that means my faith is true too. It justifies it. I mean, you know, these demons that they said Jesus cast out. You know. Legion, you know, he passed, he, he cast out Legion and put him into the, uh, cast him into the pigs, uh, because they were many, you know, and very powerful and ancient back then. Think 2000 years ago, these things were ancient. And, you know, now that I met him, then if he's real, then my side's real too. Okay. Um, evil, the, the manifestation of the evil and having it proven evil's real, that means good's real too. That means there's good spirits and angels and the two justify each other. 
you can't believe in one without believing in the other, you know? Ying and I, yang. Yeah, uh, exactly. So it actually increased my faith um, quite a bit. And uh, and I also am afraid of very little when I go to other haunted places because I think I've been to one of the worst. I don't think, you know, like when I went to Moonville, Tunnel, and I camped out in the woods there. I was more scared of running into a bear there, okay, than I was another demon. You follow me? It, it's a haunted tunnel, but nothing like Spring Ranch, you know. Uh, but I'm looking forward to what haunted places I'm going to visit this summer, you know. I, I really want to find some real good gems, you know. Um, well, I know that we've talked a little bit, uh, Dean, about uh, doing some uh, investigations together. And uh, we're going to be, I don't know, as you know, I mean, we're doing the Deadly Dogman series. And we're gonna, looking forward to hopefully having you show up with us whenever we uh, head out to, to do some filming for that. And uh, you're also going to be jumping up from time to time whenever you feel like and uh, helping us kind of host the show. I'd love to. You know, uh, I I like you guys. I mean, you, you're fun guys. You have fun. You, and and yet, you're serious about what you're doing, too. And uh, that's sort of like the kind of guy I am. You know, I, I, I take what I do pretty serious, but I like to have fun, too. And um, I tell you, the dogman thing really has me interested because I've had some experiences that definitely are up that alley. And... Um, um, interesting stories all the way back to my childhood I'm, I'm a night walker i mean i've been found my whole life walking outside my grandma i almost i had to lie in the navy because my grandma would find me as a little boy she would find me out in her woods she was my next door neighbor she'd find me walking around in the woods like when i'm seven eight years old she'd bring me into the house and then the next day she'd tell me that she found me walking in the woods and it would scare me to death because i would go I was walking around in the woods last night. You know, I'm I'm scared of the dark. Why would I be doing that? And my mom would go, you walked out of our house into your grandma's woods. She, she heard something in the woods. The dog's barking at 2 in the morning. Then she, you know, and this happened all the time. So when I was little and I was like nine years old, I got older. I would go out and sleep in the woods on dares to overcome my fear of having been out there. And that's how I've gotten hooked on the whole doing the loner biker thing in camp and it's in my blood i've i i'm my wife calls me a werewolf um i love being out in the woods at night but that experience in spring ranch really you know it's made me a little bit more you know although that that, that situation wasn't so much about the dark um you know or oh, you're, maybe you're, it was. you're practicing for your career as santa claus yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. Santa stuff's a lot more fun and lighthearted, you know. Um, but uh, uh, no, I love your idea. I I love the idea of the Dogman series you're doing, and uh, the are you thinking about possibly going to Tennessee? I heard or yeah, Tennessee. We're looking at uh, Tennessee, Oklahoma, and also Kentucky, as well as uh, probably a few places here in Texas. As you know, so it's going to be kind of an all over type uh, deal once we really get started filming heavily see I, I really believe a lot of that is tied into even the native american 
um, lore, you know, of our country in different parts of the country. Um, shapeshifters and skinwalkers, and, uh, that kind of a thing. That kind of thing, you know. But that's a whole other topic. But, uh, you know, those things are what people are afraid of in the night when they're in the American wilderness. You know, when you're out there alone, uh, forget ghosts and stuff, you know, the encounters. Think about how pioneers, the terror of not even knowing what creatures are in this strange land. Wolves and bears were everywhere still back then. Mountain lions, jaguars were up through the United States. Imagine the terror of Lewis and Clark going up, you know, facing, you know, even wild different tribes and, and these creatures. Imagine the fear, you know. Isn't that something? Have you ever thought about that? Like, imagine no telephones, nobody to call. Well, not only that, but I mean, just being in a strange place with animals or or wildlife that you've never seen before, and you come across, uh, say, a brown bear or uh, something to that effect, and you're looking at this thing that's just massive in size, you know, that's enough to get your attention right there. I mean, they were probably telling horror stories for years after that. Oh, yeah. The encounters, wouldn't you love to sit down with them and just talk? If you could go back in history and talk to historical figures, I'd love to talk to Lewis and Clark. Like, what's your scariest night? What's, you know, uh, very cool stuff, you know. Um, what what final questions you got, Renee? You're sitting there awful quiet tonight. Uh, you know, every time I hear Dean, I'm just so glued. I just can't say anything. I'm just, I love <laughs> this stuff. It's great. It is fantastic. Oh man! Oh, so when when is your next ride? You know, um, usually I do an early spring ride, so I leave usually uh, March, April, like like uh, May, you know, end of April, first week of May, and I head south, so it warms up pretty quick, you know. So I'm 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 thinking this year I'm going to head down through. Um, the South through West Virginia. Uh, I think I'm going to do a New River Adventures again in the woods and along the New River, New River Bridge. Um, and then I think I'm going to head down through uh, Alabama. I think I'm going to go through Texas. Um, but I want to get to Seattle, Washington this year. I want to go. I want to do some Bigfoot exploring. I want to go through Oregon. I want to do some camping in the wilderness there. Uh, the redwoods, the, um, you know, I've always had a desire to really check that part of the country out on a more intimate basis, you know, so. Oh, that sounds um, fantastic. Do you ever take anybody with you? Um, you know, my wife loves to ride with me. Renee, do you want to ride with him? Uh, I can't ride. I mean, I could ride a a dirt bike. That's no, no, no. I mean, ride, (laughs) ride with him. I'll put a wig on you. (laughs) <laughs> throw you bitch on the back you know uh, I don't think I'll pass but uh, you know uh, uh, I don't know why I have friends I ride with locally I, but there's something about my national rides I want to be alone and you know I can't put a finger on it why I I'm a lone wolf on my back patch of my vest. It says lone wolf biker. 
club. Uh, you know, I um, I love running into other lone wolf riders. There's a whole group of people that are lone That's wolf me. Riders. I've got my lone wolf patch on the back. Yeah, and you run into them and just... You know, it's so great to run into another rider that's riding across the country by themselves and you camp together. And it's just that, you know, the fact they're strangers, the, the stories are so intense and real because, you know, it's the first time you met somebody. Uh, I really, I tell you, it's like the old cowboy days. There's, I don't think any group in America compare to the Iron Horse Rider to the old days where, you know, there's nothing like it. Um, touring the country and living outside for a month at a time on your bike there's just nothing like it you know yeah that's and a sense that's a sense of freedom right there yeah don't get me wrong if i have a a night where it's just crappy and i don't feel like being wet and uh i you know i'm a guy that stayed at the best hotels money could buy i'm a guy that had it all like i could stay anywhere i wanted and i had a 40 foot rv with a 30 foot trailer with crazy motorcycles and four-wheelers i look how much i cheated myself doing that because even now even though i could stay in a nice hotel i find the ma and pa old school hotel you know that the husband and wife's run it since for 40 years you know where you sit out in the little metal chair outside your door you know and i that's what i'll do if i want to cheat night you know um but uh well you know what i think we're just about out of time dean and listen man i appreciate you being on the show it was absolutely phenomenal your stories are great we love talking to you and listening to you and we're going to love even more having you on the show helping us host once in a while whenever you feel up to it it's going to be great to have you back and uh have you asking questions with our special guest speaking of special guest uh next week we're going to have David Omen from the Omen House. And if you all aren't familiar with the Omen House, it's approximately 150 feet from the Sharon Tate murders, or a.k.a. the Manson murders. So we're going to be talking to him about the hauntings that are taking place at the Omen House. It's going to be an interesting story. We hope you all join us for that one. It's going to be really cool. Also, if you would, visit Timestream Pictures. Go over there and opt in on the email list so you can keep up to date with our Deadly Dogman series, which we're putting together. And we're going to hopefully have uh, Dean Nelson with us on some of those, which will be really cool to have him out there filming. So anyway, y'all take care, be safe, and remember, stay haunted. Adios, everybody. Goodbye, man. Great time.